All right, welcome to another episode of Let's Go Brandon Green. Today on the show, we have Brian Clayton, and Brian is the founder of Green Power. Uh, and Green Power is, I believe, to be some type of Uber of uh, lawn maintenance. You developed an app and it went crazy. Is that correct, uh, Brian? Yeah, you nailed it. So Green Pal is kind of like Airbnb or Uber, but for lawn maintenance services in the United States. So if you live in the United States and you need to get a gardener or a grass cutting service, rather than calling around on Craigslist or Yelp or Facebook, you would just download Green Pal, pop your address in, you get quotes, and then you hire somebody on your app and they'll come out and take care of this chore for you. GreenPal is a 10-year overnight success. We've been at this business for a decade, my co-founders and I. We're now nationwide in the United States, soon to be Canada. And then after that, we'll be we'll be coming to the land down down under. And I expect you to be one of our first customers. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, what? so what year was it that you started this? Because it must have been early on in the apps and everything. Yeah, so uh, my first business was actually a landscaping company. I, I built out a landscaping business in the state of Tennessee and to one of the largest landscaping companies in the southeastern part of the United States. Built it up to about $10 million a year in revenue and then sold it. And after I sold it uh, in 2013, I thought, well, somebody is going to build an app to make this whole thing run easy, just where you can push a button and get it done. And so that was kind of where the idea came from. <laughs> but it was it was kind of naivete as an asset. Didn't really understand uh, how to build a mobile app, how to build a, a marketplace, how to write code and build software. So I kind of had to learn those things along the way, just through a trial and error process. So that took a long time. Probably took three or four years before so you, we started getting. So some you were traction. a guy on the tools, doing right. doing the work. So it just started from one man, and then you went. I'm going to learn how to build an app, and boom. Yeah, kind of like that. I uh, I ran a I ran a a lawn mowing company, just me and a push mower and grew it to about 150 people. So I grew it into a big business. And, uh, but it was a very, to your point was a very different world. It was very hands-on blue collar, hand to hand combat, um, you know, in the trenches type of thing. And then I, when I, when that business was acquired, I kind of had to reinvent myself to become a tech entrepreneur and how to, how to write yeah. code and how to design and build software. So that took a while. Right. So that first business that you grew to 150, um, is that franchisees? Uh, that was 150 employees. So it was, uh, it was employees. just one location. Yeah. In uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where yeah. I live and then and, a nationwide company that. bought it. Yeah. Sold that. It was a $10 million yeah. business and sold it okay, uh, to so a you, national company. Yeah. And then you were just a guy with a heap of money that went off and, and built a, an app. And then and then launched like that, the second time around. Well, it wasn't wasn't necessarily heap. I had uh, I had just <laughs> enough. I had just when it was all said and done, and and uh, and the ta- and after taxes and and everything, I had just enough to uh, live comfortably uh, for the rest of my life um, and kind of pursue what I wanted to do, and um, which which enabled me to build GreenPal slowly and kind of how I wanted to do it. But it wasn't a case where I could just plow yeah. a bunch of money into into the second company. I, I this the new company kind of had to sing for its supper, so to speak. Yeah, you, you're going you're growing carefully. So, and you were growing from just a guy that was into doing all this stuff hands on, knowing nothing about 
IT or you must have had some type of an IT brain or background or yeah here's here's what happens so ideally you know when you're when you're building a company like this you get a hacker and a hustler so you get uh, somebody who knows business who is a good manager somebody who's sales oriented they can help drive the business forward and then you get a hacker somebody who knows the tech side of it uh, I had two co-founders, and we were basically three hustlers. Uh, none of us knew how to write code. So we had to teach ourselves huh. how to write code just through YouTube, online classes. My co-founder went to a, a tech boot camp, and we kind of just through the school of hard knocks hacked on this thing for about three years until we got something that was good enough, made just a little bit of money, and then we could start building out a team around us of, of people who had 10, 20 years' experience writing code. Yeah, right. So, and what year was this? So, started in 2013, really didn't get rolling with anything meaningful probably until about 2015, 2016. And then 17, 18, 19 is when we started to scale. And, and now we have around 300,000 homeowners that use the app, uh, around 30,000 contractors that use it to run their business. And still growing. We still have a long way to go. We're still day yeah. one. Yeah, wow. So that is, um, you, well, you still, you say day one and it sounds like you've conquered all, the whole of USA, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, the industry is a hundred billion dollar industry. So we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, cool. So I guess, do you, what you've done is quite great. What, yeah, wow. Um, what actually made you, see this gap in the market or what what made you see that apps were coming or apps had been around for about five or so years by the time 2013 rolled around by memory um so you just went like you must have seen something and just went for it i think when you are trying to bring a piece of technology to the marketplace uh start a new app new website new SaaS product whatever i think authenticity can be a competitive advantage. And so for me, I spent 15 years in the industry. I kind of saw firsthand how difficult it was for these small service providers to run a business, to get new customers, to organize it, to get paid quickly. And then I also saw the, how difficult it was for homeowners to access them and, and hire them off the shelf, kind of like uh, an Amazon or Uber, Airbnb type of experience. And so I saw that the product needed to exist. I saw the problem I, and I figured out technology could solve it. What I didn't know was how difficult it was to invent a new product from scratch. That was something that really confronted me uh, uh, that, that I didn't really wasn't prepared for. And so that was uh, something that took two or three years to figure out just through trial and error. So I knew, I knew it would work, but I didn't realize how challenging it was going to be. Well, the thing is, so effectively it's like an uber thing you're saying That's right. um you would so you not only do you have to get customers but you have to get people on the other end that service it that's right it's so a multi-sided marketplace you're growing, yeah it's a seesaw thing yeah where actually like i remember a few years ago there was a, there's a lot of like uber clones out there but they never really take off whereas i guess you wouldn't have had much uh uh, you wouldn't have had uh, much com competition in that aspect. 
Well, yeah, the, the competition was the status quo. So people would just want to do things the way they've always done. And so when you bring a new piece of technology to the market, you've really got to be 10 times better than the status quo. Yes, sorry, just uh, keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Got you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, right. So with there not being too much in the way of competition, you're able to, to really go. You're seeing a, a, the middle of the market, I guess. That's right, yeah. And, you know, as they say, uh, there's riches in the niches. We, uh, we really boiled it down to a small use case. This is the easiest way to hire a basic lawn, lawn care company and didn't worry about anything else and, uh, and made it dead simple to use, just like Uber. And, uh, and that's how we have built a nationwide network around that one use case. Yeah, wow. And so now you've done a lot in America. Have there been other competitors now coming, coming at you? <laughs> There have been a couple of similar uh, platforms that operate in the same industry, but they attack it from a different perspective. They, uh, okay. they really, they are kind of your lawn care service that they're built. Yeah. They're building like the, the nation's largest lawn care service. Whereas we connect you with a small, small, small independent, independent business, yeah. business owner. So it's, so it's yeah. a little different, but, uh, you know, we're doing 30 million a year. The industry is a hundred billion. There's plenty of room for, for different platforms that operate in different ways. It's a really, really big market that we're trying to tackle. Yeah, well, yeah. so what about um, what other countries are you going to roll it out to? So we're just at the point where we're reaching a little bit of uh, full coverage, saturation in the United States. We'll be in Canada about this time next year. After we figure out how to internationalize this thing, we'll then go to UK and then Australia. So definitely I'll hit you up when we get to Australia and you can try it out in Brisbane. Yeah, man. No worries. <laughs> well, so, oh, well, sounds good actually because it's very hard to get someone around here. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, so who do you have like someone, because you obviously must have grown so big you don't know where to go now. Do you have a, a, a mentor or where are you learning your stuff from now? I learn a lot people who have done the things I'm trying to do at a huge scale and they don't even know who I am. So for example, the, the former CEO of Uber, Travis Kalanick, uh, I've listened to every keynote he's ever given, every podcast interview he's ever given. 
CEO <laughs> of Airbnb, Brian Chesky. I've listened to every interview he's ever done, every every talk he's ever given, every blog post he's ever written. So I have a lot of mentors yeah. like that who don't even know I exist, but I, I'm learning at, at from them at the level learning. they're executing. Because they've yeah, they're, they're the ones that you want to mimic and copy because they've had a very similar service and they didn't know how to do it, and you just yeah, right off what they've learned. That's pretty. That's cool. right. Smart idea, man. Yeah. Wow. Because you're a pioneer in this, you know. You're just a little bit behind them what they've done. There's no playbook. Uh, yeah, there's no right. playbook. We have to figure yeah. it out and exactly. and learn right. from people who have kind of done similar things. Yeah, I just can't believe you've yeah what you've done is all pretty cool. And how how was it? So there's a lot of people setting up these apps too now because. My friend's a developer, and he was building it for one of those small-time Uber things in, in a small in a city here in Australia. And uh, he said it was just a nightmare to work with all the developers and everything. How did you find that? That yeah, because the communication was horrendous between or every team. How, to someone building something like this, what would be your advice there? Yeah, you, you really, uh, it's kind of like chewing glass and you, you become to learn the taste of your own blood. You like the taste of your own blood. Um, that's how I would describe it. It's really, really challenging getting one of these things going from scratch because you're kind of playing whack-a-mole on a, on a daily basis, just trying to triage around what the biggest problems you're facing are. And the way your buddy described it is, is very accurate. You know, you're, de- you're dealing with developers, <laughs> you're dealing with, 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 with customers that use it, with suppliers that use it. So it's kind of like you're all over the place. The, the way that I've stayed sane and the way we've kind of incrementally gotten better and better is just to focus on two or three things at a time and not worry about anything else. Like really looking at it like a video game where you've got 10 levels of Super Mario Brothers or whatever, and just doing the things that you got to do to get through one level at a time. And the way we've scored that is just through revenue. You know, we've had revenue goals to get from one level to the next and not worried about everything else. Just get two or three things done and then move on to the next level. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I guess you can get caught up with wanting to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't be too good at that, you know what I mean? But... (laughs) <laughs> you, you obviously caught yourself early on and said, let's just go slow. Um, and what about the side of the – because it's all – I might be one of these contractors working on the app and, the, and a customer nearby finds me, and I might do a bad job. What are you finding about quality control? That must be a nightmare if you've got thousands of the you – know, In the early days – reputation, it, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 our job as the platform is to make sure that when you hire somebody, they come out on the day they're supposed to and that they do a good job. And in the early days, it was very much hand-to-hand combat. It was hand-cranking this thing and running a spreadsheet and figuring out who had good ratings and who didn't and who was getting booked more often and who wasn't. What? And we've, we've since systematized that to where we understand that, okay, this guy only shows up 40% of the time. This guy's got a, a high rating or a low rating. This guy's only getting booked for recurring services so often. And we're able to score these providers and then demote yeah. the ones that aren't doing very well and sometimes deplatform them, de-platform them and promote the ones that do a good job for their home, for their clients. And, and uh, that's kind of our job as a platform. So a homeowner can kind of sidestep yeah. all of those uh, not, not reliable providers. Okay. Um, 
Well, that would make sense. So when you were building the app and you you said you had to learn all this yourself, um, if someone out there replicating, want to replicate the same type of thing, would you recommend that they learn that again or that they that 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 they go and learn this stuff like you did, the, the IT side of it, or do they just farm it out to the a developer on a on an on a job work uh, website or something? I think if it's something very 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 simple, you don't have to bring the the IT in house to be a core competency. But when you're inventing a new product from scratch, that's a that's a robust marketplace, and the app has all these different features, and there's all these different users, you know, interacting with each other. You know, you really have to have that stuff in house. It's kind of like wanting to start a restaurant, um, you know, maybe a five-star restaurant, and you don't have any chef, uh, you, and you've never cooked anything in your life, and you've never, you know, invented a recipe. You know, you have to have that stuff in-house. So, so yeah, I would encourage people that want to start a technology-oriented company, you really need to learn this stuff or have a co-founder who's in the trenches with you that, that knows it from the inside out. Otherwise, it's going to be it's going to be next to impossible. It's going to be like starting a restaurant with no chef. Okay, cool. And when you grew the other little ones, so someone who doesn't want to grow this, but they want to grow their own franchise, their own type of uh, business without the app side of things, what were you, what's a quick tip you can give us with that side? Like you would have done it without the app. You said you went to 150, I think it was. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, in the United States and I'm sure in Australia, there's opportunity for service-based businesses like that. Um, and if you want to work hard and work smart, you can you can make a good living and, and become financially independent in that kind of business. I sure was able to. My, my advice would be to understand that you're doing three things at once at all times. You're working in the business. So in my case, mowing the yards like I was back then. You're working on the business. What is my marketing strategy? What's my what's my employee recruitment strategy? How do I keep customers happy? What's my customer satisfaction strategy? And so on. And then the third thing is you're working on yourself. What are the books I'm reading? What are the podcasts I'm listening to? How am I leveling up personally? How am I learning the skills I need to learn? Because you got to do all three at once in order to make it in small or big business. Uh, so that's a little bit of advice I would pass on. Yeah, cool. All right, well, Brian, I know you're a busy man and, and you've got to go, but thanks for coming on and sharing it, um, your wisdom with us, and a lot of listeners will take a lot from that. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing Green Power grow. And, yeah, hope. when do you see it in Australia? I would say at least at least uh, 18 months, maybe 24 months. And uh, when we come to Australia, I'll come back on the show and announce it. All right, cool. Look forward to it, man. Well, you have a good day, Brian. And uh, I'll, I'm here waiting for it on the App Store, mate. <laughs> awesome, Brandon. I appreciate you having me on your show. All right. See you, buddy. See you.